0: welcome to this episode of the sprint podcast this is the final episode of series two and once again thanks to all of you for listening and commenting and messaging and so on and it's been great to see people enjoying it as much as we enjoy making it so thanks very much for that Uh, we'll be back in the near future with series three but for now let's round things up with an interview with 2003 world rally champion pato Sahlberg. we've looked back at the the 2003 season in depth over the last few episodes so please give those a listen as well if you haven't done so already this chat with Petter was recorded last year, and it's amazing to hear how passionate the Norwegian still is for the sport he reached the pinnacle of. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. With me, we have 2003 World Rally Champion, Petter Salberg. Welcome, Petter.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Petter, as part of this podcast, uh, we're obviously doing some look back at the 2003 season, which was obviously a really, really important season for, for both you and Phil. Um, But can you just take me through some of your early career from rallycross and how you got into the sport, into the sport of rallying in a big way?
1: Well, it's a, it's a very, very long story because I, um, if you go back to uh, uh, 82, where my parents uh, started with autocross, uh, my, my father, and, uh, you know, we did, uh, I think maybe up to 25 autocross races a year. And... uh, And the first few years when my parents was driving, they had no results at all. And uh, when me and my brother, when I got 10 10 years old, we started to be really fed up with uh, having no results with our parents. (laughs) Because coming to the race and they were last and uh, we were so fed up. So me and my brother, we started to make the cars. Uh, I was 10 and my brother was 12. And um, when we started to make the engines ourselves, our chassis and everything, because it was like a cheap class my uh, my parents started to win uh, almost every race so we did uh, yeah up to 26 races uh uh a year in the summer and um, that's where everything happened you know we were working in a very cold garage you know in the winter time and building a lot of cars ready for the season and uh, okay we were very young but you know we just started and you build up the knowledge and um i think for the, the the next years, they did uh, for the next I think it was eight years. They drove autocross after that. Um, yeah, they won 500 uh, 500, 500 trophies each uh, on all different type of uh, races, and uh, and we also built a lot of cars for many other people. At um, that time, you know, normally we didn't we didn't take any money for payment. You know, we took. Uh, uh, we took uh, coca cola and we took uh, chocolate uh, so pallet with the, all of this uh, <laughs> as as payment and and also I paid my driving license also by building autocross cars for the for the guy I took the license for so and that and that knowledge to 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 build up cars and engines i think it was we built uh, 100 engines over these years and we built 50 cars uh, from scratch. So, obviously, that 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 experience without knowing it was a very, very important thing uh, when you started to to go into a bigger series. And then, of course, you know, I, I did one race in autocross uh, when I was 18, the day after I was 18. And, uh, and I, I got... I drove, actually, uh, on a Friday. I drove up for my license, uh, but I was not 18 before the day after. So I uh, I got my driving license on a Friday before I was 18, but I promised not to drive uh, because we were working on cars anyway. And I did my first race uh, on that Saturday. And I came second and then I did one race more just after and I won it. And then I started uh, to think of, uh, because my brother started rally across a hill climb already. So I was thinking, okay, I should go straight there. And then I... I got a mark to escort um, that we rebuilt over the winter, got it ready. And I ended up with silver in hill climbing and rallycross. Um, and then my b- brother started the European Championship with rallycross. And I was a mechanic. But then I took his car. Then we were, it was a Volvo 240 that we builded ourselves on the farm. Um, it was 340 horsepower, uh, get a gearbox. Uh, Four link, uh, glass fiber, uh, and uh, and stuff, and and after that, I was fast straight away, and then uh, we, I think, uh, I won 19 out of 21 races uh, in the seasons. Uh, I was leading the two others, but I had a puncture and one engine failure. So the the, the success from that time was uh, was very very important, and uh, I have actually one story about that because. Uh, the first race I did with that Volvo uh, it was in my uh, you know, not so far away from my hometown and the gearbox broke and that time we didn't have any money for any spare parts, you know because we made everything ourselves and um, I broke down with the gearbox failure no parts and I remember I was crying, I was sad because I won my first heat and then we saw a car on the road uh, on the road was um, it was uh, filling fuel on the fuel station so I saw it was a car for sale so I run up to the fuel station and ask you know uh, can we buy the car and of course I didn't have any money but we had so many people around in the service park so I went run down again ask all the people I can continue but I need some uh, money so people uh, got out cash bought the car we rolled it over on the side took out the gearbox and it was original gearbox, so it was nothing special, but at least I could drive, and change the gearbox, and I ended up fourth uh, position in the i final, and I took the start and I won the whole race. And that car we bought, I sold after the race, but I earned money on it, you know, so I could pay back the the people who who paid for the car. So nothing have ever stopped us, to be honest with you, when whatever situation we have, we have. Uh, we have come in so
0: you found a pretty 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 quick solution there. <laughs> um, yeah yeah that's that's impressive I think,
1: you know all these things that you have learned you know it, you can you have to fix it yourself and and you just deal with it when it happens
0: so you think it was probably a good training ground i guess for the progression into into
1: rallying then yeah you- because my dream was to be a mechanic but i was pretty good at driving so you know, when you're coming from a farm, I don't know anything about the the, the, the big world. You know, this was big enough for us that time. And um, then I ended up with a, a four-time Norwegian champion uh, two years in a row in hill climbing and Rallycross. I, I have another story also, and you know, because we, the first year when I won everything with the Volvo, uh, a guy said, oh, you can get 20, 30 horsepower more. So, well, oh, that sounds good. So I did that and... But I lost torque and I lost drivability. So I told the guy, you know, I don't want to have this. I want my old engine back again and uh, all the parts and everything. And he got really angry at me. You know, you can't, you know, you're the first one who have said that you don't want more horsepower. Yeah, but I'm after drivability because you need to have the launch of the start line and everything. So put back the engine and I want everything again. And then this guy, he, uh, he, he changed his mind and he started to understand a little bit you know, that drivability, progression, and, and all these things with feelings is more important than just pure horsepower, basically, you know. So, and then um, after that, it was a lot of uh, things that happened. Uh, I got offered to uh, drive the Renault Clio Cup in front of the Formula One races. So I went to a test. I was the second fastest. And then I was offered to drive uh, Martin Skankus RS200 in Rallycross, you know, as his teammate. But before I took any decision, I wanted, to, I wanted to try rally. So this was in 96, I think, before 96 season. Um, and then I, um, I flew up to North or Sweden. I bought the Volvo original, I think it was 4,000 euro. And it was 900K back home again. This was on a Wednesday. Uh, so I came to the border uh, because I drove the rally car the whole way back. I only had rally tires as a spare and I had five spare tires in the car. I punctured on, I used all five tires because You you drove the rally car? Yeah. I didn't have any trailer or nothing, you know. So, and then uh, came to the border on a Friday morning and uh, went straight to to the workshop because then I uh, put it on the power steering on the car because there's no power steering uh put the stickers on made it ready was finished uh i think seven seven o'clock in the morning on saturday morning the rally started nine and uh it was the biggest class in norway and then uh, my brother's uh, wife she said uh, i'm a specialist on on uh, on uh, on, uh, on pace notes and i uh, okay that sounds good you know and uh, she jumped in and after 200 meters, she done uh, you know—she couldn't read at all. So I told her to just throw the pesos in the back. And out of the 30 cars, just driving with what I saw and feeling, I've ended up um, second place, beat the Norwegian champion, and everything. So after that, even getting contract to paid to do Renault Clio, uh, Renault this Renault this Renault series in front of Formula One race, or get paid to drive with Martin Skanke, I went to to rallying instead. So that's where, that's where the rallying started, basically. Uh, didn't understand pace notes or anything, but I was fast, and then it was just to continue. And then uh, I got the 165 rally car after my brother, and I um, I was leading in front of him in the Norwegian championship in 97, and I smashed it. I rolled many times, and, um, <laughs> and then when I rolled, because you have done roll to, Roll across, and he'll come yourself. You, uh, I jumped out of the car after I rolled and run up to the forest, but I forgot my co-driver, so uh, I need to run back again because he was. I was not alone, and got him out and up, and um, then of course was to prepare the car again for the next race. And I had no money, and uh, then I went to the bank and uh, borrowed a lot of money uh, again. This, this is a
0: full group eh? Yeah, or, wasn't so, it? So not not cheap not cheap to run and not cheap for for fuel or for parts. Yeah, like it that. was
1: crazy, you know, because I, I borrowed money for the every rallycross car in the bank, because uh, to get it, and then I need to sell the Volvo, borrowed some money more to pay for the Toyota, then I crashed it, so I need to borrow more money, <laughs> and. Uh, and that car got dead, the chassis, and then I put everything into a new chassis, and uh, I drove that season, and and I won, um, uh, now, then I sold the 165, then I got the 185 Celica, and I used the rest of the season, and I won the ra- last round in the Norwegian Championship that year, so. Just just looking at
0: your results, you actually had a few wins in 97, Um going by it. and obviously you would have been battling with with Henning as well at this time what was that like to be you know fighting against your own brother and did you guys were you in the same team as such or was it a kind of a what what was the what was well, the setup?
1: it ended up you know in in uh, you know we were brothers we were working together and, um, and then we had the uh, two garages you know and of course I'm I'm a perfectionist so in the, on my side, it was, I was finished with the car always early. The car was clean. Everything was clean in my workshop. And Henning was finished always Friday, Saturday morning. And, uh, and his workshop looked like shit. <laughs> so it was very big difference on, on the sides, you know, how we worked. And, um, and then for the 98 season, we got uh, uh, Toyota Norway with us. And we got uh, uh shell with us that time, and uh, then we got the two, two or five cars that we bought from uh, X cars from uh, Thomas rodstrom and another guy. And uh, it was two different cars. It was one with McPherson and one with Super strut. But of course, my brother was the oldest, so he could choose first. So he chose the McPherson, and then I got the Super uh, And after that, I. Uh, I won everything, I was uh, in 98 I got Norwegian champion and, and uh, I think uh,
0: there's, a, there's a pretty famous photo I think from 98 where you have um, a kind of an auxiliary power steering reservoir on the roof, what's the what was the story with that?
1: Yeah, it's I have actually two two stories from 98 you know because I rebuilt the engine in Sweden and uh, we drove the bus up to northern nor- Sweden to fix it, came back to the border and um and it uh but we should have gone into the toll station before we went into Sweden from Norway, and then I came, you know, I was dirty because I put it in the engine, and we had a very short time. Uh, I had my underpants on and and uh, I went straight into this woman with the papers. I was tired, and they took the car into uh, custody because this was on a Friday morning uh and the race was on Saturday. And since I didn't go in, so uh, if I going to get my car back again, I have to pay 700 euro, I remember. And of course, I didn't have any money at all. So I drove back to my hometown. I took shower and I got ready. And I I went to my boss and tried to get some money. So he borrowed me 700 euros so I could get the car out. And uh, well, went to the race and I won the race. And then it's coming to the situation like you said there uh I was leading pinswick's rally with over one minute, and uh I broke the power steering, so I lost time again behind my brother uh, so my brother was leading and then we came in and, you know i was i remember I was devastated, you know I could be a Norwegian champion, and everything was perfect and uh then we stood there and made the mechanics, what do we do? Oh, come on guys, we have to find a solution. So we put a 25 liters can on the roof, with a, and, and the Toyota Celica is quite low in the roof. And we put it on the, uh, on the roof, put the jacking strap around, so it went inside the car. So it was difficult to sit in the car because of the strap, uh, with the pipe down to the reservoir because the, the steering rack was leaking. Then I had the adjuster on the roof, on the can, 25-litre can that we filled with all the oils you can think of. Um, so out of service, I have us hanging out with the pipe down and see how much it used approximately when I was steering so it doesn't, uh, you know, get so much oil out. And I took the lead back again. My brother got a problem with, um, with, some, uh, with the car. And, and then I won the race. So I came back into service. And people wanted to put in protest that I can very understand very well. And uh, some of these uh, guys uh, called uh, Big Gunnarsson was uh, he said, you know, guys, you can't put in protest on this because what a fantastic idea when you can win the race with this solution. You know, it's just incredible. So nobody put it in protest. Uh, actually, my brother wanted to put in the protest. <laughs> so he was not happy that I... I finished uh, with that, uh, but nothing happened,
0: so. Oh, well, pretty uh, pretty
1: ingenious solution um, to do a but, match before, but before that, you know, when I got this two or five, you have to remember again, you know, I have no money, but I believed in myself. So I went to the bank and I said, uh, I need some money. And I dressed up with the suit and everything to look professional, you know, and uh, when you're going to the bank, and, um, and I said, I'm going to be the best in the world. So I need to borrow hundred and a yeah, hundred thousand pounds, you know? And he said, Petter, you are crazy. Forget it. You know, it's impossible because you have a salary for 15,000 uh, euro in a year. So you, you can't get it. And, uh, I went out and I was thinking, you know, it must be a solution. So talked to some of my friends, you know, and they could, it be like a guarantee for me, you know. So they signed the paper. We guarantee for Petik and borrow the money. So I went into the bank again and I threw this on the table and and he said, "Well, I have no choice now." He said, "You know." And it's not. That was not enough. But I got also free interest, you know. After I was finished with the meeting, so I borrowed hundred thousand pounds with the free interest and and uh, he got guarantee in the car and everything was perfect. So that's. That was uh, how I, you know, got into the rallying.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Like, that's, you know, at the time, the 205 Celica was still only a couple of years old. You know, it had been a factory car up to 95 or whatever. And it was still, you know, really, really expensive to run. And you were, you know, in your early 20s, basically, you know, taking a chance. Like, but, like the self-belief must have been huge. So then in 99, obviously, you went on to, to work with Ford. Um, I know you drove an Escort in Sweden. That car actually ended up in Ireland to hear um, a local Irish guy called Frank Maurer, Oh okay. a very famous guy over here. Um, Do you still have it, it? No, unfortunately Frank passed away in um, 2002, but he did have um, some good runs with that car. It was oh. real. I, I still remember the sound, the Escort WRC. The sound was just so loud, The anti-leg and stuff. Yeah. It was so cool. But then, obviously, then you got the call from uh, from Malcolm. To, to go out to safari can you tell us about how that came about
1: oh, that's uh, you know I have so many stories so you know we can sit there for a few days you know but I was uh, planning to do a rally in Norway so I had the Ford team uh, over at my place to do uh, I think it was Finskog rally again you know and then um, then I got a phone call that uh, that um, Thomas had broken his uh, leg uh, and and uh, so Malcolm asked me to just pack the bag, jump on the plane and come down to safari. And then, and then I, I remember I was so excited. So what I did was to take my car into the airport, parked it outside the airport because I was afraid to, to lose my flight. And I slept in the car outside the airport with actually with, actually with Pernilla and, uh, and then straight down. And and it was it was um, it it was a tough one, you know, because I co- I came from you know like Norwegian championship basically, you know, and coming into this big world was was quite uh, quite big. And then I couldn't have Phil fill meals with me because it you could only change driver or co-driver, so I had Fred Gallagher with me, and uh, he was helping me a lot to to get through that uh, rally. So on the recce. I used three recce cars, you know, because Colin used a rally car with a helicopter on the recce. But I was young, so I only had the normal road car. And I broke down three times. And the last time we broke down, me and Fred Gallagher, was in the middle of nowhere. And we stopped 12 o'clock in the morning. And nobody found us because there was no connection, nothing. And we didn't have a support crew either. And they found us at nine o'clock and we had to follow these Maoris around the car, you know. That I was a little bit scared to be honest with you. But we gave them water, and we gave, you know, Fred Gallier was very good to to uh, to do this. And and that um, was that was uh, that was a tough one. So then we ended up on the shakedown. And uh, maybe on social media, you you have seen lately that you know it came out a little bit from that uh, from the shakedown. So. I'm, I was young. I was uh, doing shakedown, went flat out, and I went very, very fast. So I was very happy. Uh, but Malcolm got so mad at me, you know, because it was too fast, and I had bent some steering arms already and the TCA, and and uh, he wanted to send me home after shakedown, you know, again, you know. And I remember I was crying like hell, and oh, yeah. So. It was maybe, I think, you know, he did the right thing, you know, to be so angry because I finished the rally at the end of the day. I took it calm and and uh, and also that time uh, Colin McRae, he stopped in the water splash. And uh, and then I got on the radio that I have to push him out. So I pushed him out from the, the water splash and he ended up uh, winning the rally and I was fifth. Uh, and... Again, you know, I feel like a part of the victory with, with Colin there since I helped him. And then it was, the uh, end of the day, it was a superb, uh, superb rally.
0: That's, yeah, to get fifth overall and, and you know, your first, I suppose, rally for the factory team as such, but also on the safari because, you know, it's something that obviously it was due to happen this year, but it's something that's been missing for a long time now. So, you know, we I mean, were looking back at the, the coverage from that era you know you you were lucky enough you actually competed in the last few safaris the, the old type safari we can say
1: yeah i was i was actually that uh, was good fun you know it was very special but i was really hoping we should do safari rally this year with oliver because you know the experience yeah. and uh and the whole thing you know this this about rallying you know some of the rallies we go to it's incredible and i mean you can see your son experiment experience all this uh, this thing, you know, it's it's a memory of life, you know. So um, I was sad when it didn't happen this year.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a pity. So hopefully they'll, they'll bring it back next year and we can see, hopefully, Oliver can get out there. But um, just, I suppose, going into 2000 then as well, you know, this was, I mean, we, we've covered it in the first series of the podcast where we looked at the 2001 season in, in great detail. It was a really, really super era for the sport. You had so many teams, so many drivers and, you know, the TV coverage was so good. You know, it seemed to be just a, a really, really good time to be involved. What were your thoughts at the time? Did you feel, I know you were kind of, you know, getting your experience and you were moving from Ford to Subaru. Did you feel like it was, you know, where you wanted to be?
1: Well, first of all, you know, with uh, with uh, being in the Ford team and Malcolm giving me a chance, you know, it was uh, it was incredible. I, I know it was tough, you know, and I didn't have enough experience and. He still believed in me, and, and, um, and um, but at the same time, I, I maybe came in a little bit too early, um, but I was fast, you know, but I did a lot of mistakes for sure. And, but I think now the biggest problem, you know, that I understand in after time that I try to learn to Oliver also, you know, is, is the pace notes, you know. I think the pace notes, it's the, the main thing of the whole package here and get your driving style uh, around with the pace notes, get the car to work with your pace notes, and and also get uh, the, the safety parts into the pace notes where I didn't maybe had enough, enough of. And, and also I used English pace notes and my English that time was not so good. And maybe I didn't catch it properly. Um, and this is what we had done with Oliver now also. We started with English pace notes when he was 15 and uh because it is the best flowing language you can use for for singing and flow um in your head so but at the end of the day you know it turned around in a good way and being a part of that rallying that time and and winning my first uh, also race in 2002 um it, it is it is memories that is it's hard to believe because rallying that time you know um uh, it, it was
0: big. Yeah. so you you really were like if you look at the amount of people that were around back then. I mean, you were teammates with Colin McRae and Richard Burns in two, you know, in two successive years, yeah. and then Tommy Mackin after that. You know, three probably at the time the most successful and most famous guys in the sport. Yeah. Um, what was the what what did you take from 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 that? I know you had a very good relationship with Tommy in particular.
1: Well, first of all, I had a very good uh, relationship with Colin. I think Colin helped me through uh, some very difficult times, and when I had uh, quite a few accidents, you know, he he helped me in a very good uh, mentally, um, and he saved me. He saved me in in many times, you know, because at that time they were used to having a uh, few accidents. This proce- percentage, who's not allowed now these days, you know, you 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 almost not allowed to do it. You can't do mistakes. And um, and uh, then when I jumped with him in the car, I remember the first time I was thinking, "How am I going to do this?" It's you know because he came backwards into every corner, and he, every corner was uh, flat. You know, I got shocked, and I jumped in with Carlos signs You know, I was a different driving style, and and uh, I understood both of both of them. So I took a little bit driving style from Carlos science I took a little bit from Colin McRae, and I tried to make this as a package. And um, obviously that was uh, was working really well, and and then with Richard Burns, he was uh, he was a little bit more quiet guy in in all the way. um very professional, uh, very nice guy, but uh, he did a lot by himself basically. You know, it was um, it was just different. You know, every character is different. But I, I, of course, you learn when you're young. You have to, if you're good, around good people, you can learn a lot from them. You know, it's a reason for why they are, why they were good. So, but I'm, I was asking so many questions many times to so all of them, so they get really pissed off on me, you know. And then uh, they asked me to shut up, and I shut up for five minutes, and I came back again and asked questions. So, yeah, I was maybe pain in the ass sometimes, but uh, I was just interested to learn, and I wanted to. To learn from the best and and try to be the best myself. Yeah, obviously,
0: like the you know, the the most important relationship of all was with Phil. Um, I mean, you guys you got together I think ninety nine was it? Um, rally Sweden ninety nine, and after that then it was it was pretty much all the way through the Subaru years. And like Phil's voice, he's obviously the voice of the Dirt Rally game at the moment. You know, so you know he's 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 getting into the the heads of young rallying enthusiasts now. So. Can you just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Phil?
1: Well, that, that's, that's also another story, you know, because when I saw Phil first time, because I couldn't keep my own co-driver from Norway because he didn't speak English. So I need to find an English one, and it was, it was difficult, uh, I remember. And, um, but um, when I sat down with Phil first time in the pub, and uh, the first meeting together that we should, uh, he should be my co-driver, I was thinking... He looked so bored, you know, Looked so serious, you know, proper English with uh, I hope he's listening to this because uh, he had brown shoes, you know, he was, you know, looked, uh, he was 10 years older and I think this will not be fun, but okay, I have no choice, you know, but, and when you start to know him, he was the most coolest guy, funny guy, with dry humor, uh, but very professional uh, in, I mean, in every area he was working and uh great fun together but uh what the most respectful thing is that is uh, professionalism you know with with everything i have to take one story about phil because we went to new zealand one time and uh and uh we were, we were going out shopping together you know so i i tried to make phil a little bit cooler you know so i tried to make him a little bit hype uh, you know so he went out for shopping and I said, oh, this is cool, you know, you should try this. You know, this will fit you really well. I found some really cool shoes and and uh, and stuff. And no, nope. and he got so angry at me. Peter. I don't want any of this shit, you know. So he ended up buying same brown shoes, same thing, you know, and no difference, you know. But this is me, he said. I understand, I just try to help you to, <laughs> to be a little bit cooler, you know, but no chance, you know, so... Um, But uh, he was taking care of me a lot, you know. We worked really well together.
0: You could tell, you know, it it always seemed like a really good relationship in the car. And you mentioned your your first win, um, Rally GB in 2002. And if you look at, I guess, that period, you know, 2001 was your kind of learning year, I guess, with Subaru. 2002, you were building and building the pace. And, like... Rally GB two thousand and two, it was you and Marco Martin that were battling for the for the win. Yeah. So it was almost like um, a change of the guard, you know, because subsequently it was you, Marco, Sebastian that went on to be the dominant guys over the next few years. So um, like how did that feel at the time? Because I know your celebrations are, are legendary. They were they were just brilliant to
1: watch. <laughs> well, I remember that time, you know, because I think I was the was one of the first few ones who started to drive a much softer car springs on the car uh, and then also my driving style you know it was not not with the back end at all it was always with the front you know to have a neutral car and an easy car to drive and follow and um, i must say that that was uh, was really good you know that yeah, pro helped me to actually achieve that you know because i know I knew my driving style. It was not flat out. I didn't like to slide uh, sideways or nothing. And, um, but that was with, uh, with uh, David Laporte and Pierre Jenon, uh, who was my engineer at that time, who actually helped to go that direction. And it was the fastest way. So I think it was a little bit turnaround with the driving style in that era with uh, Loeb and, and uh, me and Marco Martini.
0: We could definitely see that. Um, if you compare to the early WRC cars, they tended to slide from the rear a lot more, even on Tarmac. And by the time it got to, to 2003, you know, as you said there, the cars were changing the setup. I mean, that, that focus in 2003 was, you know, such a big departure from what had come previously and stuff. Um, But it was really interesting to see that, that change, you know. And um, I guess, you know, the 2003 season is obviously, you know, the pinnacle for you in the in, in the wrc but i just looking back at the at the results during the year it didn't get off to such a good start
1: no you know this is how it is sometimes you know you are uh, you are still on the to be honest with you you were still on the learning learning side to be honest with you and uh, things happen and and um, and it was still developing to you know to find to get uh, the driving style better and better with the car and everything you know because normally we pro driver from the early start. Everything was locked in the differentials, you know, and uh, and um, if you're gonna go fast on every every road, you know, narrow, twisty, ruts and everything, it's very important that the engineer and the driver, you know, work together. And you know, I think 2002 was the a good step in the right direction, and then it got just better and better and better. And things, yeah, you you gain up and you get um, you get more experience and I think that was the turnaround, you know, that everything started to 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 work and and um, some of the rallies after I got more experience with also, so it was a fantastic year anyway, you know, and it, it was tough, it was hard.
0: Uh, it was really, really competitive. I mean, you had, you know, a couple, you, Sebastian and Carlos and Richard, obviously, unfortunately he didn't start in GB as we now know now, but, you know, they were still... You guys all had a chance at the title. It was close fight. You know, it was so close. It was
1: close fight, and and this is what the sport should be about, you know. And uh, um, and I think, yeah, you know, when I think you know, four people could win the championship at the end of the uh, the last race. You know, uh, it was a lot of things going on in your mind and and uh, mentally. And but then Carlos had a problem on the early early of the rally. Uh, he went off. I think I remember also the corner when I when I <laughs> when I'm sitting here. And um, then I ended up with just you need to be on the on the pace and and also the last night we stayed up uh, in the forest uh, in Wales in a, in a small hotel. I uh, remember before I went to bed I took a small brandy. I remember in the room thinking. Woke up in the morning it was full sunshine and and you know and I was hyped you know. Uh, but the thing again you know you can. Do the best you best thing you can and then and you see how it goes
0: basically rally gb was obviously a really you know successful event for you over the years your first win winning the title there and, and wins subsequently as well but i guess you know if you want to look at just slightly earlier in 2003 and um, there was one really pivotal rally for you which was Corsica. can you take us through um, that event
1: yeah when i crashed on the shakedown there you see that when the teams are coming together they they, they want everything to do the best of the driver and and uh, the passion that uh, all the prodrive uh, mechanics had uh, it it was incredible because I was not you know I loved tarmac, but i I was not maybe the best on tarmac for um, in that early age because we're coming from a gravel and snow country uh, but I always loved tarmac but Tarmac uh, driving on on a rally is very different. So when I did that mistake in in the in the shakedown, you know the the car got really badly damaged. Um, came back to service, and I remember Paul Howard said, uh, "Pete, I don't know if you can fix it, but we're gonna have a look at it, and we will uh, we will do everything we can for you." Um, so there's no hard feelings, and no you know they were just motivated to look into it. Car was finished seven o'clock in the morning, new painted. And the for, the wheels was maybe on not in the correct position uh, in in straight line uh, they said but this is the best we can do so uh, basically good luck and uh, and Pirelli tires that time in the wet was was good and um, and then we ended up winning the whole race it was just you know for the mechanics point of view that what they put it in and ending up you know I'm always humble and respectful for the for the mechanics and engineers that do everything they can to to do it. Uh, it was like an old-fashioned rallying, basically. Again, you know, back to Bessie And I think a lot of this coming from Colin McRae again. That what he had been through. That they have this motivation still. And uh, winning the rally for for these guys was uh, was amazing. I think that was a, a turnaround. And you
0: know. I mean, at the end, throughout the rally. You could still see. The, the damage on the car was quite evident, you know, on the C-pillar and stuff. It was clear they had been in a pretty big crash. And I remember seeing the the footage from the shakedown crash, not the, you know, just the car afterwards, and you and Phil in the recovery truck. And it just looked like, okay, this looks like the end. You know, because i speaking personally, I was you know, only a kid at the time, and I was obviously massive at the rallying, and I would have been a big fan of yours and a big fan of Subaru. So I just thought, oh, no, you know, this is this is Petter's year done. And then, come Sunday then, to see it turn around was just amazing. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned, the um, the Pirelli tyre has been so good in the wet. In Spain, you know, you turned it around and the, and the last day I got some really good points. Sebastian had um, he, he had a terrible tyre choice and he lost a lot of time. G- Penizzi actually won.
1: But in Spain, we used a different tyre than in Corsica. Okay. So, that time, you know, because we were lacking some pace, so we were having a lot of discussion in the service park, you know. Come on, guys. Let's just try the the minus tire from Monte Carlo that works in the snow, and we put that on without any test or anything. Yeah. And that's where we find out that it was incredible. Just put uh, it
0: really soft compound or something, was it?
1: Very, very soft. Incredible soft. And but obviously, then after that, also Michelin. Took out the Monte Carlo compound uh, for the other rallies, you know. So oh, okay. I was also turned around in the tire uh, tire situation, and I think I'm, I think I came third on the rally or second or third.
0: I think, yeah, it was it was pretty high in the in in the, in the points because it just it was again it was pivotal for the for the championship because you know you went into into the final round in um, having to win basically to 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 get it there was some so, you, know, you you and Sebastian and Carlos were very close in the points yeah. what were the I suppose did you feel confident going into Wales that you could just win or did you feel well, what were the nerves like you know because I know I guess you had farmed there having won the previous year Sebastian maybe didn't have the same level of experience in Wales as you did
1: well what can I say you know I think uh, if if, you, if you're if going back again with Tom Mimic again you know and And a lot of the things that, you know, he was a four-time world champion. And what he gave also to me as, you know, I was still young and I was still working on and And uh, what he gave also with information, uh, maybe not not so much on the setup side, but uh, in general uh, to cope with the, to win the race, you know, I think that he was a very helpful um, in many ways there. And of course I was nervous, you know, but I, I knew I was, Uh, I knew I was a good fast driver and and, uh, still like I said you know even that time you know I still have to improve my pace notes uh, again you know Uh, so um, but the motivation was high my focus was high and and I just tried to do just try to do the best I could on every single stage with uh, I think I did one mistake uh, that I thought I had a puncture but um, that went well and but I I didn't slow down, you know, and I was still on the on the case until the last stage, you know. So I I want to keep up my momentum basically.
0: I think one of the most iconic scenes from the era is you and Phil crossing the finish line in Morgan Park, and uh, just the the celebrations after it was just fantastic to watch because you had so many so many your fan club from from back home as well with you. Um, at the at the stop line, I met. You I remember you grabbing Phil's face notes and just throwing them. Yeah. Um, just in pure excitement. You know, and stuff, you so. you, are,
1: you are being into motorsport your whole life and started as a mechanic and building cars and and all this just happening actually uh, without even understand actually what's going on because my career had gone. You know, been very very successful since I uh, started. And um, but again, you know, yeah, Phil was calm and I was hyped and. Uh, and uh, very excited, and all the people out there was uh, outside. It was incredible um, Tommy me gave him uh, give, give me his private plane back home and ten thousand people on the field back home uh, it, it, honestly it was it was it was crazy and this is the momentum you know it doesn 't matter who is driving you need the country behind you you know to be a part of this 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 big thing in the world championship you know and uh, obviously the first one in Norway uh, and still uh, it's, it's amazing yeah
0: I think I remember reading a story at the time that um, there was some big football match on at home and they actually in the middle of the match they announced that you'd won wasn't it
1: they had the they had the last stage live so they stopped the football match it was the biggest football match in uh, a match in Norway in the year and the pre- uh, prime minister was there and the king and and uh, I got a very nice letter from the king uh, on the same night also. And, you know, it it it's, uh, you know, this, this is up to you. Uh, people see how much you love things, basically, you know. So if people outside see that this is from the heart and this is you living for this, but at the end of the day being yourself, uh, they can see that. And that's what they, that's what people uh, enjoyed about it, you know, and, it's Maybe the top three biggest moment in Norway in sport ever uh, as the specialists say and and um and that was uh, yeah the life turns around very quickly, and even my first victory in two thousand and two was was okay, not on that level when you were gold world champion, but it's also a massive thing in the big awards in Norway, also we won all the the most winning awards ever still is about uh, sports. Uh, from the people and from the other athletes, and and um, so it was taken by um, by big uh, big respect. It's a big world worldwide sport, so um, so uh, still, uh, but I still enjoy what uh, what I'm what I'm doing, you know. So,
0: yeah, the passion was definitely evident, like and it, as I said, it had a huge effect on me and you know countless other kids basically that were just getting into rallying at the time. And um, you know it was a, it had a big influence, I think, and it was a huge job with the t v coverage being so good at the time as well. It really helped the whole image of the sport I think and um, so that was that was great, Just moving on, I suppose going on to the subsequent years with Subaru I mean do you know for two thousand and four two thousand and five, you had really good pace, the car was obviously really good, but it just didn 't work out for various reasons, reliability in some cases i remember you you had a problem with the the water splashes a lot in two thousand and four and stuff but then Moving on to two thousand and six two thousand and seven this is a funny one because the car the s twelve in Ireland is like one of the most successful rally cars ever, mm-hmm. but on at that time, you were having some serious problems with the with the car. can you just tell tell me tell me a little bit about that
1: well, I can tell you that two thousand and four was actually you know I told them if you don 't touch the car so much before two thousand and four I can win ten rallies i said you know, and I won five or six I think yeah I was leading the four others also uh if it wasn't for the auto-splash for the, for the and the big ruts, you know, when they because they, they laid down the radiator in the front for the dynamic. And that was enough to destroy all of that. If not, 2004 is my best season, best drive. And uh, this, I must say, that I, I deserve to be a world champion. I was the fastest driver. I won 33 stages more than Loeb. And, you know, I... Still, that was my, my best. And, um, and 2005... It came a new car, and, uh, and uh, half of 2004, the car was better than the 2003. The first part was not as fast as the, as the 2003 car, you know. But if we continue with the car end of 2004, in 2005, we would have won the World Championship. But because I won the last race in Sweden uh, with the 2004 car in 2005, and then the new car came. And I remember, let's let's continue with this car. Every driver in the team said that, so um but we need to do, use the new car and after that it's a all new story and actually i don't want to talk about all of that to be honest with you because it's so much uh, things that happen and um, we lost a hell of a lot of suspension travel and the weight distribution got so wrong and what I learned in after time, you know, is the two most important things is the weight distribution and, uh, and, uh, and the suspension travel. So uh, if everybody else went forward with their car and we went backwards, then there was no choice. So very, very, I, I tried. Oh, but it was so fundamental and I couldn't do anything. Uh,
0: you could definitely tell. I think from you know the the interviews at the time and stuff like that, that that it just wasn't working out. But I guess you know you stuck with Subaru until until the very end of their involvement in the sport. And you know the the last car, the S fourteen, when it came in, seemed to show some promise. It's just a pity that you know because of the the economic situation that they had to pull out. But then you know, just again displaying your love for the sport, I guess you went and organized your own entry with the with the Citroen team. Uh, Would with, with the C with the, the C four and stuff, and got some really really good results on that.
1: For sure, for sure, you know, and and uh, what I want to say with um, with the Subaru thing, you know, they 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 worked hard and they everybody still wanted it, and uh, but still it was a big shock when it happened, you know, when they pulled out. And then again, you know, what shall you do? You know, it was not so many teams, and okay, I got the offer from uh, from Citroen in two thousand and. Five to come to them, um and it was a good contract and everything. But um I, uh, I very good relationship with Subaru and also respect for what they have done. And I got a lot of promises of what should do. And and uh, I just want to go back to to basic again, you know. And and uh, because I had the car back home, so I tested it and and everything is in correct uh, is correct basically, you know, as a driving style that. The, the car should operate, but they didn't go that direction as as we hoped so um and, and then, after this happened, you know and I remember I called kenry straight away, you know, and uh, I called him and I said, you know can you come can you come to me yeah, I have time in the next uh I can come next week no, i mean now tonight because i i w- I was crying, I was devastated you know it's it's the love of your life with the with the motorsport and and um and then uh, he came over and then we planned, we bought uh, cars, uh, we got, actually that time Subaru helped me basically to start my own team, you know, and it, that's incredible because they didn't want to destroy from my career uh, after what happened. So that's, 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 uh, that was amazing to uh, to even happen. And, and then uh, at the same time, you know, it's, um, I got in all the people, I bought the trucks and everything. I got in the sponsors, uh, everything in three weeks. I, I lived in the bag to to build up the team. Uh, it was all in, you know. I uh, I knew I was good and uh, and everything could work. And then we started the Rally Norway, first rally. I won the first stage. Engine broke on the first stage, uh, basically. So we lost a lot of power through the whole the whole race. And then and uh, and then I just have to do the best I could there. But I think the year went really well, we had some good speed uh, but of course it was a much older car, you know, compared with the C4 uh, and stuff. And But I tested actually two cars before that season. It was the Persia 307 and I tested the Xara. and then I chose the Xara, That I still have two, two, three cars here uh, that I'm rebuilding now to brand new, uh, brand new basically in my, in my workshop.
0: Yeah. Um, again, you know, when Subaru pulled out, just purely from a fan perspective, and um, it was a huge shock as well because, you know, all the way up along, blue and yellow, Subaru, that was, you know, that was rallying as such, you know. Um, but it, it's good to hear that they were able to, you know, that they, they helped you out to set up your own your own team. But then with Ford then in 2012, that was kind of your last, I guess, the last um, full year, I guess, for you, for you with the championship. And um, it was almost like a, a nice way to finish to come back to where it had kind of started in a way, was it?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, to have that possibility was great. You know, we we had some very good rallies, and and uh, we had also have some problems. You know, with the, with different things, and and also Yari Mati. But it was a fantastic feeling there to be in in Malcolm's team again, and and um, and coming back. So it was. I didn't get so much out of it as I hoped. You know, for the result for the team and everything. So um, I mean, I'd like to have another shot uh, that time. To be honest with you, to 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 get everything uh, everything together
0: and did you sense i suppose a big change in the sport from your early career and your title around the time your title went to that did you did you sense that the the level of competition was decreasing or did you was it i know obviously you, you everyone was still going as hard as ever but you still had so many less teams less drivers and stuff like that did you sense that it was kind of coming into maybe a small bit of a, a barren period
1: well, first of all, I must say, in two thousand and ten you know we were we were very very fast up to half of the season, you know, and i i I think we could have been better than the brunch in the world championship that year, to be honest with you, you know but um it's many details around that you're not in control over that can influence uh, some stuff and uh, so actually I must say that. Everybody raised their level all the time, you know, with, uh, with experience and, and stuff. So, for sure, it was, it was tough, but uh, I couldn't say that there was any crazy things uh, changed, you know. But for sure, the, the Citroen guys were strong, with the stability, and and, uh, and they had a good philosophy of a car also that time. That seems to work really well. So, that's the part of the game. And then uh, you have to find new dreams and uh, new directions. because it was not enough teams in the championship, you know, over this year. So uh, obviously, I, I that's what I hope you know, that we get more factory teams into the into the rallying because it is the best sport. It's the toughest sport, and and, and also for technology for uh, for manufacturers and, and stuff. You know, it, it, it's a fantastic way to promote it. You
0: know? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, I suppose, on the current state of the sport with the, the current cars? Is it something that you'd like, you know, I'm not sure if you've tested one um, or whatever, but what, what what do you think is the, the, the current situation in the sport?
1: Well, I tested a Volkswagen quite a lot, the car that isn't, didn't come out, basically. Um, I must say, it's fantastic cars, you know. It's it's really good fun and uh, the aerodynamic. And I, I know how, you know, for aerodynamic you know how it works you know because we have played a lot in the rallycross with it and it's very very powerful i also had the first wing with these small fins on the back in rally finland at that time and that was two tenths per kilometer that time uh, i think it was 2004 but but the thing is i think it's really cool with this aerodynamic and and fast but again you have to find the solution that is working cost effectively and, and everything for for more manufacturers so it's easier for the manufacturers to come in so it's more of a solution to even if you have to give away something that another manufacturers can come in i think that that's the way to look at it basically you know so i hope this new 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 rules and stuff will will help many manufacturers uh, to to use this sport as as a platform for their marketing yeah. Worldwide, you know, so because the TV now is it's it's great, you know, with the, with this all live, and so it has maybe the best position in motorsport it's been for for many many years, basically, you know.
0: And obviously, the the long term plan with Oliver is to is to get him to the top as well. Um, obviously, you're, you're working really hard, to, you know, to to bring him up and stuff like that, and the results are showing. You know, he definitely has the speed. So, do you think that you know he can get there?
1: Well, the the thing is, you know, um. I'm, uh, I'm helping him with the chassis, basically. I never trying the car, he is he is deciding what he likes and what he wants. And at the same time, that is going in the right direction. So we always compare that with his driving style is very neat, clean. And again, you need enough, always enough traction, you know, uh, all the time, who for me is maybe one of the main thing, whatever you do in rally or rallycross or whatever, you learn to drive around it. And and uh, so you always have the performance on every stage. But for all of us, uh, I must say his pace notes, it's really good. He have developed them even further from compared with the pace notes I used. The um, technical side, for sure, it's good. You know, he have been driving cross car and, and uh, stuff since he was eight, seven, eight years old. Even rally, rally cross car with 600 horsepower for two seasons, uh the champion there. and. So he started uh, doing front wheel drive and rear wheel drive. And, you know, I driven all type of kind of cars, you know, for a long time. And I think what I try to do all the time with him is to test, to learn inertia, to learn weight distribution, to learn differentials, to do what roll center does, anti-squat, anti-dive. So I always tested a lot with him since he was young, just to get it in his mind that what actually helps uh, for driving style, what do you earn traction on? Um, and I think that is coming in now from all the experience that he has been. Because many people say, yeah, oh, you should drive, uh, you should drive just to drive. And yeah, it's true. But for me, if you're going to drive, you have to test a lot of things. Because first of all, you need the understanding. So you get the car that works fast in narrow. Uh, twisty, rust, ruts, fast roads, uh loose gravel, hard uh, packed gravel. Uh you drive a lot on tarmac now also, so you need a big window of a car that works, you know, everywhere. Uh, and this I think he have been learned a lot from, you know, over the last few years and and for me now we have a very good, good consistency. You don't have to be on the limit to go fast. Uh he decide when he have to or not have to, and and I think also yeah learned a lot from uh, Loeb from the tarmac when when Loeb helped him. It, it's good to get some people from outside, you know, to to explain and also understanding of tactics, you know, from how OGR have done it over the last years and how Loeb have done it before. I think this is um, you don't have to be the fastest on every stage, even if you really really want it, you know, it's. It's like this weekend, he's try to win with a little bit, lose a little bit of time, and, and then you push when you have to. So let's hope it's continued like that. And, uh, but uh, he had gone over, far over my expectations with, uh, with how he's calm and controlled. And, of course, he had that from his mother, not me. And, and I think that was maybe my minus that I was so hyped and so excited all the time. And, and he is uh, very much different area. Yeah,
0: that's no, going to be exciting. I think to to watch the next couple of years and see what happens. So, no, hopefully it'll be good. Just just to finish off, um, the I suppose you know you came back to rallycross after you finished up in the WRC, so almost back to the beginning in a way. And yeah. you're you're the only still the only guy with the you know two FIA World Championships in two different disciplines. So how did how did that feed after rallying? Obviously the cars are spectacular. They're they're like what six of the horsepower or so.
1: I think yeah. Uh... I think it was a good challenge, you know. And uh, we built the car in the, in in our workshop here from from base. didn't have any didn't have any engineers or nothing. I used my experience. I used the experience. I took the best from every car I've been driving and uh, and tested hell of a lot with different things, you know, from all weight distribution you can think of and uh, every dips you can think of uh, and. <laughs> And I tried double response, I tried McPherson. I, t- I have all different setups to, to test with it, you know. It was also a good learning and confirm where we had gone wrong early days, maybe from rallying and also, you know, compare with what is working. And it's coming down to the same philosophy on almost every car, you know, with Oliver's Polo rally car now, compared with the rallycross car from Volkswagen, we, uh, we, um, we worked further on because the car was not fast enough. We copied the Polo from the Citroen that we made here and so far simple philosophy and look at always the three main things with the car to go fast it's working so we had a m- massive success now over the last few years by winning uh, team championship two times and and four world championships with me and one. and uh, so and Oliver's championship now in the last few years on different things in rallycross and rally in different classes and so I um, that's good. You have to be detailed. You have to be a perfectionist. You have to have good mechanics and that have the same passion as you have. And Another thing, you also have to have, you know, always young, but you have to have the people to, who's maybe for 30 to 60 years old, we have in the team, has to respect, the, you know, when he started like a 15 year old and now 18 to what he wants. But it's no dangerous to test things, you know. Try it. You like it. So... It what makes uh, the drivers comfortable, and that's why I always respect and listening to Oliver, and then we try different things, different angles, different directions. Then you understand that it's similar philosophy all the time that that he likes, and um, so I never stick with one one thing that this is the right thing, but is the main philosophy is working, and then the driver has to decide himself what he likes of of the data surrounding it. So. But I respect all the lot, definitely.
0: No, well, as I said, it'll be be really interesting to watch him over the next few years, see what happens. So, um, that's Peter. That's been fantastic. Thanks very much for your time. Uh, really, really appreciate you coming on to talk with us. So,
1: very good. Thank you. We'll talk soon.
0: Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.